Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, Before I start and get into what I'm going to talk about in today's episode, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, February 22nd, which was two days ago, many of you are probably listening like, you know, when it was three or four days ago, whatever. Uh, but I'm recording this two days ago was my one year anniversary from when I started this podcast. I totally missed it. I did a survivor podcast that day, but I forgot. I've been counting down this day for ever since I started my podcast, really for 10 months. And I forgot about it and I'm ashamed. And that just shows my lack of activity in the past two to three, you know, like two months, really. I've been lacking. I've been slacking, not lacking, slacking. So I need to get back on the podcast, the Instagram, everything. I need to get back because the fact that I forgot that sad, I've been counting it down for 10 months and I forgot about it. So I'm ashamed, but I thank you all for sticking with me. I know these past two months have kind of been inactive. I mean, I've been making more podcasts. My Instagram's been inactive. My podcast has been some gaps too. I haven't made a a podcast in two weeks or so now. So I'm ashamed of myself really, but I really need to get back in the swing of things because I know I'm capable of doing it enough excuses. Uh, I need to get uh, back doing that. But anyway, thank you guys for the one year, whether you're new or you've been with me since day one, I appreciate all of you for listening. Uh, but in today's episode, first, I want to start with the Astros scandals. Uh, I know this is this is still hot news, but it's also kind of old news. It's old and hot news at the same time because it's, we've known about this for a while now, but but it's still hot news. So I want to talk about it because I haven't got to yet. Uh, so I'm going to touch up my opinion on that. Then I want to get to the latest in the NBA. There's not really any huge news. The All-Star break just wrapped up, but I kind of just want to touch up on the latest around the NBA and then... Then end up to the, uh, round up today's episode. We're going to talk about the NHL. There's actually a ton going on in the NHL right now, believe it or not. Uh, you've got a ton of trades going on because the trade deadline's upon us. Uh, you've got the David Ayers story. I need to talk about that. That is just incredible. A Zamboni driver coming in and getting the win for the Carolina Hurricanes. I need to talk about that. I just have to. There's no way I'm walking out of here without talking about David Ayers. So we're going to talk about that to wrap up today's episode as well. But first, we're going to start with the Astros cheating scandals. So let's get to that. We all know at this point, the Houston Astros have allegedly cheated in the not only the 2017 World Series, which they won, but also the 2018 season. They have allegedly cheated. And I believe they did really cheat. I mean, you saw Jose Altuve basically say, you know, after he hits the game-winning home run, he says, don't take my jersey off. I've got this buzzer, basically, this buzzer that's basically going to tell him what the pitch is. That is cheating, okay, whether you like it or not. Now, for me, baseball people have told me, not many, but a couple have told me, well, you're accusing the Houston Astros of cheating, and you're saying how bad it is. And you're saying they I, – I personally, when it comes to the whole t- taking your championship away, that's where it's debatable to me because, yeah, you, you shouldn't – like, that's a form of cheating that gave them a huge advantage. And But it's a tough one. Like, you take the advantage away and – What's it really like? I That's a subject that's just tough for me. I don't really know. 
And they, people tell me, well, you're saying it's a huge problem, which it is, but be careful with what you say because the Red Sox cheated in 2018 and they won the World Series as well. I don't care. I don't. I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't care. If the Red Sox cheated, they cheated. I'm not going to defend them for it. And I hope they didn't. I really hope that my team did not cheat that bad. Um, and I think at some point, almost every organization and every sport cheated. But still, that doesn't make it right. You know? So, I just... For me, people say, "Yeah, you, you know, you're talking all of this about the Astros, but when it, you know, when it's the Red Sox turn to get uh, absolutely, I don't know what the word is for it, but uh, when they get absolutely, I don't know, <laughs> well, when they get attacked for potentially cheating, what are you gonna say? They cheated. They it, like when they cheat, they're gonna get what they deserve. I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't care." I'm not. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. Don't get me wrong, but if they cheated, they cheated. I'm not gonna back that up and make all these excuses. I'm gonna say the same thing, maybe even harsher on the Red Sox because they are my team. Now, for me, I may touch on the subject a little more lightly than some baseball fans who are bigger fans than me, or some former players. Uh, some of these former players are taking this very harshly, and you'd understand why. Is it easier for? a fan who just sits at home and watches the game for me to say, oh, the cheating's stupid. Or is it easier for a fan or for a former player to get more emotional about it? Obviously a former player because they know what it takes to get there. You know, you go all that way. Imagine fighting through the whole season, having a great season, just to get to the end of it all and have the other team cheat and end up winning. That's just terrible. And I know if someone cheated against my team, like I've never really, I play sports a lot, a lot of sports. I've never really had a team cheat. I've had, a, you know, a couple teams, um, you know, have a player that's too old to play, end up playing on the team. The teams have cheated before, and I have not been happy about it. But it isn't to the point where, like, this is the MLB. They're in front of thousands of people. They, they have this whole long season, you know, and that is just, like, kind of a for fun game. There's not much at stake. The MLB is a whole different story. So I don't think I could really have a real life situation that relates to that. Uh, in a, from the sports perspective, anyway, I guess you could say. Uh, but people cheat. It's not right. And what the Astros did isn't right. And the Astros players have not done a good job backing it up at all. Mike Fires, uh, he's a former pitcher for the Houston Astros. Um, He... Has pitched two no hitters in his career. Yeah, that guy pitched one with the Athletics just like a season or two ago. He basically came out and said, "Yes, the Astros did cheat. I was there. They cheated." And the Astros organization players are not happy with them, but fans love him. He went out to pitch in spring training today, and he got cheered. Mike Fires, I think, is getting off just a little too easy. Yes, he's pointing out. Yes, this team cheated, but he was part of it. Okay, so he participated. I mean, he's in the AL. East, and I guess all the cheating that the Astros did do was up at the plate. So I guess Mike Fires didn't necessarily participate in the cheating, but he was a bystander. He was on the team that cheated. He didn't point them out at the time, but now when they start facing the criticism, he points them out. So the fact that Mike Fires is getting praised for calling them out, I wouldn't necessarily say a bad or ridiculous matter, but I would say, come on, he was a bystander in it all. 
He did not say, even though he didn't participate in the cheating technically because he wasn't ever up to bat. Um, he did. He was a bystander to it. He was on the organization. He knew they were cheating, but he didn't say anything about it until the scandal came out. Then he says they cheated, and the fact that he wasn't on the team at the time. Now, now he's on the Athletics. So that to me is like a little fishy. Like you were a bystander to it all, but now you're saying something when you're not on the team, and now that you've got the championship and just the whole the whole nine yards. And that to me just makes it a little like, oh come on. But the Astros have done a terrible job. No matter what the Astros say, they're just not going to make this thing any better. But A.J. Hinch ended up getting fired. But their owner came out and he was just like, it didn't give us an advantage. What do you mean? Cheating. Basically telling your players what the pitch will be didn't give you an advantage. What are you talking about? That's, that's such a dumb statement. You're making yourself sound stupid. You know it gave you an advantage. You know it gave you an advantage. If it gave you no advantage, why would you go through that whole thing? Why would you go through all of that for it to give you no advantage? You know the Astros players know they did it. There's no denying the Astros cheated. And everyone in the organization knows it. Everyone that was in the organization knows it as well. The Astros are going to face hefty punishments. They are going to become the most unlike team in baseball for the 2020 season, maybe even 2021. You know, the Yankees and the Red Sox will still have their rivalry. Nothing like that will change. But overall, globally, the Astros are going to become hated like that. Some people might have hated the Astros because they were so good. Now you hate them because they cheated. And when a team cheats, I'm a Patriots fan. Okay, the flake gate. I've been through this type of stuff where a you know a te- your team cheats. I've been through it. I have a personal experience, especially in baseball, because the Red Sox kind of got a scandal going right now with the same exact thing in 2018 that happened in their World Series. So I have experience with this type of thing with teams cheating, uh, and the Patriots have done it quite a few times, and it's a bummer. It really is, and I'll tell you, you're gonna get a lot of crap for it, but it's deserved. Uh, Jose Altuve was unintentionally hit by a pitch. Like, this is going to get ugly. And I think it's been taken a little too far. People giving the Astros players death threats. That is not good. That is unnecessary over a game of baseball. No, 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 no. That should never be even entered into the question. So if you're one of those fans, please, oh, sorry, please stop right now. Please stop your actions. Please don't do this because it's not necessary. What they cheat, they, they cheat. Yeah, it's wrong. And they deserve a punishment, but death threats? Are you kidding me? That's over the line. That's unnecessary. It's over the line. So don't do that, please. That is unnecessary. But they do receive a punishment. They should receive a punishment. Their World Series should have some sort of chip on it. And the thing is, if you're a player, like, you cheated. How does winning but cheating make you feel? You're kind of sitting there like, Half excited that you did win, but half guilty. And you're just like, I'm guilty. I'm scared. People might find out about this. You know, that's when you can earn the win. If you earn the win, you don't cheat and you earn the win. Like, it feels great. And yeah, it's the harder route to take, but the harder route always has the higher reward. That is uh, a saying I would like to throw out there. When you take, go the extra mile and when you take the harder route, That's always going to give you the better reward, the better satisfaction than taking the shortcut. They took the shortcut of cheating. Now they're paying the price for it. And 
it's just not right. And the Red Sox probably did cheat, too. They fired Alex Cora. He was the bench coach while the cheating happened. And he kind of probably brought that over to the Red Sox. I would not be shocked at all if he did. And that's why he got fired. Alex Cora had so much potential. He was here for two seasons. In his first season, he won manager of the year. And the Red Sox won the World Series. Did they cheat? Potentially. Potentially they did. And that that just scuffs the whole thing. It, it scuffs the whole idea. Derek Jeter said it puts a black eye on the game of baseball. That teams are cheating. And then, yeah, last year with the Red Sox, Alex Cora, you know, that was a tough year. We didn't even make the playoffs. It was a tough season. But Alex Cora had so much potential. It's a young manager who, in his first season, won manager of the year, won the World Series. He had great connections with his players. And, yeah, the second year wasn't so great, but he was a little bump in the road. And then he gets fired. It just He had such potential. And I don't know if Alex Cora will ever get a job in the league again. I don't because this is a big deal. Clearly to a lot of people. And I understand why a lot of base people close to baseball or that have played before or do play right now would be furious about this because they know how hard it is to win a World Series. And some of them still want to do it to this day. And they're just like, okay, you you take a guy like Mike Trout. He said he lost respect for the Astros. He's been working so hard to try to get a World Series, but he's never got it. But he's call, always played the fair way. So why should the person that cheats be rewarded with the grand prize of the World Series, while other players who work very hard and, uh, you know, don't cheat an ounce. Don't, they, they work hard and they take the hard route for everything. They don't cheat at all. Don't get rewarded. And, yeah, that's, that's sometimes how life goes. But it's like you need to – this is a tough one. Where was I? I just kind of lost my train of thought. That's why it's a tough one. I just totally lost where I was at. But you know what I'm trying to say. It wasn't right what they did. And if the Red Sox, it turns out they cheated too, I'm going to maybe even come harder on them because they are my team. And I feel a little more passionate about that than the Houston Astros. But that's all I got to say on the Astros scandal for now. But until we hear hear more on it, that's all I've got to say. Now I want to move on to the latest in the NBA. So let's get to that. I honestly really don't have a lot to say about the NBA right now. Uh, there's not a lot going on. You have the Kobe Memorial today, um, which I'm not really going to talk about because that's that's a whole different thing. Uh, you had the NBA All-Star Game. That passed us, and that's not something you really talk about for a whole lot just because it's, it's the All-Star Game. I don't know what else you really want me to say, and it's passed us anyway. I would have if it was you know, last week or whatever, but... That's past us. So I really don't have much to say on the NBA. But I want to get to, I guess, the latest. Uh, We'll start with Jeremy Lamb's injury. He went out last night with a torn... What was it? It was a uh, torn ACL and meniscus. And he's done for the season. Couldn't possibly be done for his career. I mean, that's that's terrible. I love Jeremy Lamb. I think he's an underrated player. He was good in Charlotte. He's no stud, don't get me wrong, but he's a good player, and he's done for the year, and it hurts the Pacers' chances a little bit, but they're a deep team. They'll figure out a way. Victor Oladipo just came back. They got they got Malcolm Brogdon, but uh, the best to him. He actually got fouled on the play, got hurt, tore his ACL and his meniscus, had one leg, and then he made both of his free throws and then left the game. 
And he did it just uh, just like Kobe would have. And I'm telling you, the, the amount of stuff that's going on for Kobe is awesome. Uh, but I think that did have something to do with it uh, for him wanting to take those two free throws as well. Uh, but uh, it's it's a t- that's a tough. Uh, I don't usually talk about injuries, and I'm going to talk about one more here, Ben Simmons. Uh, but I <laughs> that's a t- that was a tough injury that Jeremy Lamb suffered, and it could affect the Pacers a little bit. And I'm interested to see who steps up for them because they're pretty deep at guard. You know, Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, guys that I've already mentioned. But I want to see who kind of steps up because Jeremy Lamb played a pretty important role off the bench for them. So I'm interested to see uh, what happens there. So also, I want to talk really, uh, first of all, the Bucks. The Bucks are 48 and 8 and clinched a playoff spot already. They're incredible. They are incredible. They've lost two games in their last ten, uh, which is actually a little. They're cooling down a little. I'm kidding. They're for, They're forty-eight and eight. They are insane. They are absolutely incredible. Uh, just the the job that the Raptors have done. Like that team is very good, but it's all going to come down to the playoffs. The Raptors are going to get the first seed in the East. That's almost a walk to me. Uh, I know the Raptors aren't too, too far behind, like six and a half games. Raptors are probably the only team that can catch them at this point. Uh, Celtics are in a terrible position. The Heat, whatever. Really, the Raptors are the only team that can actually catch them, in my opinion. But the Bucs are probably going to get the first seed. But for me, the Bucs, can they win in the playoffs? Is Giannis there as a player? I'm still a little hesitant to say he is. His game is still flawed. He needs to become a more efficient half-court player, just like Ben Simmons. I'll say the same thing for Simmons. Giannis, his shot is improving. I get all that. A lot of Giannis's game comes in the transition. They come, you know, when he has space. But his half-court game needs to improve, especially in the playoffs. In the playoffs, the game does slow down sometimes. Offenses, I mean, I just saw this thing today where it, it was basically like a breakdown of game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, Raptors versus Bucks, who happen to be the two best teams in the East again this year. And it was showing how, like, the Bucks highlights of how the Bucks, when their offense has to be slowed down, it struggles. It struggles a lot. And they were just chucking up bad shots, and that's something that needs to be fixed about this team. The fact that their half-court offense is not good, and it all starts with Giannis. Their star player, one of his biggest flaws, is the half-court offense, because he has a lot of his production. Not saying he can't do it. There are some times where he gets some absolute, some great buckets in half court. But a lot of his game comes from you know if he is in transition, where you know he grabs a rebound or you know he's the outlet pass and he gets numbers going the other way or he he's just able to make magic in transition or he kicks it out for you know, to one of his sharpshooters for three something like that. In transition. They create a lot of their offense in transition. I'm not saying they don't have a half-court offense, but when the game really slows down, do they have a stagnant offense? Meaning, when there's nowhere to really go with the ball, can you, can someone off the ball create something? And I just have questions about that, because I saw the film last year. This team really struggled with that. And it's going to happen, uh, and they're going to face these better teams. So for the Bucs, this is a great year for them to capitalize on an NBA championship because they're 48-8 for crying out loud. But Giannis needs to be able to take that next step. And when I say the next step, I mean in the half-court game and being able to step up. I think Giannis can be the number one option on an NBA title can, uh, team. I think he can be the number one option for a team that wins the chip. 
I really do. But that doesn't mean he's on the same tier as guys like LeBron or Kawhi, where I know those guys can be the number one option on the team that wins, that can win a title. With Giannis, I'm not totally sold with that. Like, I know Kawhi can do it, as I just said, and I know LeBron can. I, I'm not 100% that Giannis can. He still has a little growing to do, believe it or not. But the good thing is Giannis is still young. And I think Giannis, I don't think, I know Giannis is going to win a title in his career. You can record this segment. I might end up being wrong, but right now, I completely believe Giannis will walk away from his NBA career with at least one title. And with that one title, I think there's a 95% chance he gets at least one finals MVP. Because he's winning the title with the Bucs, and he is the star in the Milwaukee Bucks. He's bringing the title home. Might just not be this year, though. It might not be. I had them going to the NBA Finals with the Clippers this season, before the season started. I still stand by that. I still do. But for the Bucs, it's going to be, can they adjust to that play? Because the playoffs are a different monster. You can be a great regular season team, but how do you show up in the playoffs? This team was good in the playoffs last year, but they had to be better. They didn't even make the finals, which I am saying it like they didn't even, oh, wow. They did good in the playoffs last year, but not good enough. They need to take that one step farther, and it really starts with Giannis. Can he be better in that playoff format, in that playoff setting, where there's less, there's more essentially stagnant half-court offense, which is not where Giannis thrives at all, but can he take the next step? I'm not asking him to be some great stagnant half-court offensive player, but he needs to take the next step there, and it's going to help out the team a lot. Because no one else really creates a whole lot besides Giannis. All the rest of them are really just there to space out the floor. Essentially. Like, I think Eric, you know, Eric Bledsoe, he created a little bit by himself uh, and whatnot. Sorry, I keep spinning this thing. It helps me relax. Uh, but it's right in the background. It's getting annoying. But not a whole lot of players outside of Giannis really create their own thing. They're just there to space out the floor for Giannis and shoot some threes and that's essentially what they're there to do. So for Giannis, he needs to be able to create his own shot in those stagnant half-court offenses. That's all I really want to say, honestly. There's not a whole lot to talk about at the moment. I'm not going to lie. Uh, maybe that's just me finding a lack of the somewhat boring storylines in the NBA going on. Besides the whole Kobe. Yeah, I get that. But from a gameplay standpoint, or a, you know... I don't know. The trade deadline just happened, the NBA All-Star Game, so this is kind of a bit of a hangover, I guess you could say. But now I want to get to the latest in the NHL, so let's get to that. All right, so the NHL trade deadline occurring right now. A lot of trades happened today, and then I also want to get to David Ayers. I really don't have a ton to say in the NHL trade deadline. I want to get to a few of the topics that I want to talk about. Then I want to talk about David Ayers. I have to talk about this. It's just awesome. So, first of all, when it comes to the NHL trade deadline, I want to start with the Ottawa Senators because the Senators made what I, what for me, made the most out of their seller's market. The Senators are a terrible team. We all know that. Last year, they were a selling team. They made the huge marks don't trade where they sent them off to Las Vegas. This year, same thing. There's a seller's market. They sent off 27-year-old John... Jean Gabriel Peugeot, who's a decent young player. He's 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know a ton about him before this, but now I do. I feel a little bit of research. And after trading him, they got a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a possible third-round pick from the New York Islanders. From what I know, Peugeot, again, a good young player, 
but the Senators definitely got the most for him. Like that is a very good haul from what I've from what I understand. And it makes sense. I mean, a first round pick has a ton of value. A second round picks also got a lot of value. And then you throw in a potential third. I mean, that's just like a cherry on top right there. They also um, sold away two more players, including Tyler Ennis and someone's name I'm not even going to even try to pronounce for a fourth round pick and a fifth rounder. So they've got a first, second, potentially a third, a fourth, and a fifth for three players. Overall, if you took what they gave up compared to what they got back, they it was a complete win for them. They gave up three players for four to potentially five very high-value picks. So I think they did a very good job in this trade deadline as a team in the seller position. They were in the seller's market, and they sold players for draft picks, and the Senators are setting themselves up very nicely for the future. But the catch is they have to capitalize on their draft picks now, or else this means nothing. We see teams all the time that are in whether it's the NHL or the NBA or whatever, in a selfish position like the Senators where they're a bad team with some decent talent that they could sell away to some good teams and get some assets for. And they get these assets, but they don't capitalize. Either it's a young player that they don't develop correctly or it's these picks that they don't hit on. You have to hit on the assets. And getting these assets are great, but it's, assets are potential. It's how you unlock, untap that potential. Honestly, it's, that's how it's going to – that's what matters at the end of the day. I feel like I'm Booger McFarland here. I'm just stating the obvious. Um, honestly, I also want to talk about poor Joe Thornton here. I Not a team because, honestly, I was just like, should I just talk about teams? But Joe Thornton is on a Sharks team right now that's struggling. And – they were sellers. They were going to be sellers. And between that, him and Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton's been in San Jose forever. And Patrick Marlowe's been there for a couple of years now. I remember when he was traded to them a few years ago. But between the two of them, both of them were older players with only a couple of years left, hoping, please just get me out of here and let me go to a contender. Let me win a Stanley Cup. Another one in some of their cases. Patrick Marlowe got traded, but Joe Thornton didn't. That that's basically that's basically all she wrote. It, it's nothing. There's always a couple winners and losers from a player standpoint. Um, sorry, I keep, I, this thing keeps just falling out of my hands. But he um, didn't get out of there, and he's not winning a title that this year. That's for sure. Um, and I also want to talk about the story. Of the week in sports. Well, I'll say the week. Because I love this. And I know I've been talking about this. And I just want to be that suspenseful. I try to make that as suspenseful as possible. Uh, but my guy, David Ayers. So I did, didn't personally watch this game. Uh, live, I didn't. Uh, the day after, though, I heard about it. I have seen emergency goalies. It's a very rare thing. I saw the one with the Blackhawks uh, a few years back. They had their emergency goalie come in. But this is awesome because it doesn't happen every day. And it's 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 very cool. So every team, since you only have two goalies, every team's only got two goalies. So if both, in the unlikely event that both of them get hurt, there's always an emergency goalie in every uh, stadium. And... In the Toronto Maple Leafs case, it was 42-year-old Zamboni driver David Ayers. Fun fact about David Ayers. Back in 2004, 
he had to get his kidney replaced and it actually derailed his NHL career. So he actually had a um, chance. I think he was in like college when it happened or something. I, I, I don't know what the whole story is, but he had a successful NHL career lined up for himself, but a kidney transplant had a, he had to get his kidney taken out and it derailed his whole hockey career. And that's a, that stinks. But for a guy like that to go through that, and that must stink, but he got this opportunity, and he capitalized on it. Like, this is awesome. But this is the type of guy that I want. Not only is it great that this is some 42-year-old Zamboni driver, but also the fact that he had a hockey career, and it was derailed by an unfortunate event that happened. So I'm glad he's getting this chance. Like, that's the type of thing that I love about it as well. David Ayers came in after both James Reimer and Peter Mrazek went down with injuries for the Carolina Hurricanes. Keep in mind, though, this is also the Toronto Maple Leafs backup goalie. So every stadium has one. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, in the Maple Leafs case, that was the Maple Leafs backup goalie, their Zamboni driver. But um, they if if the oh, a away team, which in this case was the Carolina Hurricanes, they can also take their backup as well. So not every team, for not every team, it's their backup goalie doesn't necessarily have to be the Zamboni driver. It could be really anybody. Uh, but in this case, it is their Zamboni driver. But the fact that he came in, and don't get me wrong, he will not be getting a job anytime soon in the NHL or ever. He won't get a job ever. Not in the G, uh, not their G League. Um, the AHL, not in the NHL after this performance. Uh, he's 42 years old. He went 8 for 10 on shots. That's not very good. Um, But he got the job done because the team went. Don't get me wrong. He came in with a very comfortable position. The Maple Leafs were not even playing this that well on the night. Uh, when he came in, the Hurricanes had like 30-something shots, 34 to 30 shots, something like that. The Maple Leafs only had like 16 when he came into the game. So they were not playing very well. It's not just the shot, uh, shots that – uh, say they weren't playing well, but the Maple Leafs just weren't. It wasn't really their night. He came in with a comfortable lead, David Ayers did, and that's kind of not what made it easy, but it definitely took a lot of the pressure off of him. There's probably a ton of pressure on him still, uh, but he went 8 for 10, and the second period was not so good, but then third period he said, he went to the locker room and said before third period, hey, let's let me settle down, I'll be good. He came in and he did all right, and he didn't necessarily come in and, you know, blow everyone's mind. That's not what's great about this story. It's just the fact that this guy had his hockey career derailed. Really, none of that matters because not many – that matters to me, but not many people know that. They just know, oh, this emergency goalie came in. This 42-year-old Zamboni driver came in to play goalie in the NHL, and the team won. And the – Maple Leafs coach after the game wouldn't even talk to the media. He was just disgusted with his team, and rightfully so. I mean, he lost to his Zamboni driver. Just put the puck on the net, and don't get me wrong, the guy was still decent. Like, you couldn't just shoot it, and he, you know, it would go in. These backup goalies do skate with the team sometime. Like, I know um, for this guy, personally, he ended up skating with the team. The next day. And I do believe, though, they get to skate around every once in a while. Just keep them fresh, just in case. You never know. So these players do have uh, skills. They're not just using some random dude. They want someone who actually could go come in and get the job done. They're not just going to choose me. Like, I've never played hockey before. I've skated a couple times. I stink. I would do terrible. Are you kidding me? Obviously, they'd choose someone 18 years or older. But they, they choose someone who has some sort of skill. And it wouldn't necessarily be a pro, but... 
And the reason it's so rare, you're saying, Aiden, goalies, you know, not don't get hurt all the time, but usually when a goalie gets hurt, the backup comes in and they call up someone from the AHL. There's always two goalies on the roster. So the fact that both of them got hurt in one game, that's very rare. I mean, it's rare for them to get one to get hurt in a game. Never mind two. So that's why it's so rare to see a backup goalie or emergency goalie. Not even backup, emergency goalie come in. So I just found this to be a really good story. Uh, you should definitely look into it, David Ayers. Uh, this is a good story behind the whole thing, and it's awesome. I'd love to see this happen. Uh, if it happened every day, it wouldn't be too entertaining. But if it happened like once a year, that would be cool. Like uh, yeah, once a once a year, once a, you know every two years or something. Just it does not happen often at all. It's like the second time in the last ten years it's happened. The Blackhawks had one. I forget if they won or lost because it's been a while since I watched the video. Uh, but. Whatever. None of that matters. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I know the whole, everything we talked about today was a little broad. Uh, sorry about that. Like in the NHL, I didn't really dig into the trade deadline that much. I'm sorry. I was just excited to get to David Ayers. I did. I need to do, but I, I'll probably talk about the NHL trade deadline next episode, honestly, because I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have done such a better job. I wanted to talk about more, but honestly, I was just excited to get to David Ayers. I'm sorry. I wanted to talk about that really bad because it's just such a good story. Uh, it's so funny, too. Uh, you lost to a bony driver. Not to mention, it was the one you picked to be the emergency goalie at your stadium. So, uh, yeah. <sighs> I don't know what else to say. That is just embarrassing. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Podcast updates and. Uh, sports content. Also, go follow my other podcast or go listen to my other podcast, The Survivor Podcast, where I talk about the reality TV show Survivor from CBS. Uh, that is relatively new, and I need that to go get some listens. Uh, so go listen to that, uh, and also go call in on the Anchor Mobile app with any questions, comments. I'll say it or concerns you have. I doubt you have any concerns, but any uh, questions or comments you have for me, anything you want to debate with me. Uh, anything. We haven't had a caller in a while, and rightfully so. I haven't been posting, uh, uh, making a lot of episodes, I should say. Uh, but thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.